Here's to health. Here's to health. Here's to health. Hello and welcome to CPOP's new monthly podcast. We ask people committed to their communities across Oregon what drives and inspires them in their work. Here's to health. Hi there. My name is Jessica Diaz and I'm a regional outreach coordinator with the Community Partner Outreach Program. And today I am interviewing John McDade, who is another regional outreach coordinator. And I'm going to let him talk a little bit about himself first. So John, take it away. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks for having me today. Well, you know, my story is long, but I'm going to keep it short. I have been working at the state for the longest time. I'm in my 21st year here at the state. So over 21 years, I've done a lot of different jobs. I spent a lot of time doing uh, youth sexual health and doing teen pregnancy prevention work. In fact, that's how I started at the state and uh, eventually then moved into Medicaid programs and family planning programs. And I did some epidemiology work for a while over at in public health and um, yeah, did some analysis, that sort of stuff. That was great. Uh, but ultimately I ended up and landed in doing Medicaid work with the Healthy Kids program when that first rolled out, which is a program prior to the Affordable Care Act where we were able to enroll kids uh, at no cost or low cost. And uh, that evolved into regional outreach coordinating and working with community-based organizations to sign people up for coverage. So I guess the takeaway is I've been doing this work for a long time. I will add one other thing. I am a therapist by training, and I feel like I think like a therapist, and the glasses Mm -hmm. I wear most of the time are a therapist glasses. And for what that's worth, I don't know if that translates for anybody, but I know that when problems arise, I often think in terms of the dynamics that are present in counseling sessions, and I'm a relationship therapist by training. So I mostly think about relational dynamics and apply those when appropriate. So, And I have a small private practice and see clients from time to time in my private practice. So on top of this. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't have time for... <laughs> I learned something Anything. new about you every yes, single time I, I talk to you. Yes, I have a small private practice that I don't talk a whole lot about. And you know what I like doing more than anything else? I love doing couples counseling because I find it really, really hard uh, or challenging because, uh, you know, couples come in at a time when they're at a crisis typically mm. and things are at a breaking point and they want to try to get things resolved. And you're not going to get things resolved in one or two sessions. It usually takes more than that. And people bring a lot of their own dynamics. And so I feel like it always keeps me really on my toes to be listening, listening really well, and then to be present in the moment. And then also to, you know, when you speak, I want to speak with a sense of thoughtfulness and directedness that gets them to be self-reflective. But sometimes you have to really listen and not think in your own head too much because if you think in your own head in terms of what I'm going to say next or ask them next, you miss what they're saying. So anyway, that dynamic is always in play. I find that fun and fascinating as a therapist. So uh, I can definitely see how that would also serve you really well yeah. in the realm of OHP and the work that we do. Yeah. I feel very introspective all of a sudden, like, Wow. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But I think it came out of a high school class right before graduation where you had to put together a resume. And on your resume, you had to put together a mission statement. And so I created a mission statement that I 
still honor to this day and why I do the work that I do is that my mission uh, statement was is I believe uh, families can be healthy and happy and the work that I want to do is to promote healthy and happy families. So I started off doing therapy uh, as the most direct route to that and then over time with my work at the state I'm more influenced uh, interested in the systems that can make families healthy and happy and it's quite literal for the work that we do in terms of their health as it's related to their medical health still sort of drives me in terms of why I do this work and why I'm interested in it is because I believe families can be healthy and happy and I want to be doing work that makes people healthy and happy. Wow. And How about something outside of work that inspires you? I'm inspired by really great music. So, yeah. I'm inspired lately by musically like Brandy Carlisle and she did a song called the mother and the first time i listened to it i just started crying because it was so moving the lyrics are great about what it's like to be a parent and i'm a parent and a musician as well and so uh, when i heard it i was so jealous i wish i had written the lyrics because they're so good and i was so moved because it captured sort of my own feeling of what it's like to be a a a parent and so um yeah i think i can be inspired by music because since then all i want to do is go write lyrics that capture the essence of what it's like to be a parent so which is not very rock and roll or anything but it, it touched me so there you go i think it can be i'm an old softie. it can be yeah it can be yeah absolutely so yeah i'm inspired by good music and what is your favorite thing to do on your day off oh that's easy sleep <laughs> <laughs> This is true. I feel like I'm a super active, uh, very hyperactive person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on my weekends and days off, I just love to sleep in. I love to stay up late and sleep in and then watch Netflix and YouTube. So, yeah, that's what I like to do. And then, um, you know, um, Jessica, you know this about me. I'm a musician as well, so I like to play music. Uh, And I'm a magician, so I'm forever trying to learn new tricks so whether it's reading books or taking courses and stuff, I spent a lot of time with that. In fact, I'm going to a magic convention in two weeks. Uh, it's oh, a nice. magic conference convention of other magicians from around the region. And I'm really excited to be going to that. So that's something fun that I'm going to do. And so I like yeah. how you buried that lead. You're like, <laughs> yeah, Netflix and sleep. Oh, yes, I'm a magician. Yeah, yeah. well, yes. <laughs> It is. I feel really nerdy about magic, because uh, uh, I am a nerd uh, about magic. So um, I was inspired seeing Doug Henning on TV as a kid, and I immediately said, "That's what I want to do for a living: is be a magician." Because I believed it was magic; it was real. Um, so um, obviously, it's not. <laughs> it's all trickery, uh, but that fits my personality pretty well, I think. So um, yeah, so I, I really enjoy doing lots of magic so and I perform occasionally uh, I get hired from time to time for gigs and um, I uh, perform when I'm playing music out between sets I perform uh, sets as well so yeah I would do a great magic trick for you here but nothing translates <laughs> <laughs> just trust oh, me it's amazing yeah absolutely <laughs> things are levitating yeah just all over they're flying around the room <laughs> Um, at, at what age would you feel like you, um, you first felt like you mastered something to do with magic? Oh, pretty early on. Um, 
or I felt very confident with magic somewhere around like age seven or eight. Wow. And I did my first professional magic show at age 11. When I was in sixth grade, I did an actual magic show. So a couple, couple hundred people. And I was great all the way up to my very last trick. I had an escape trick where I have, uh, I get tied up in a rope on stage and it's like a classic Houdini where you're bound up in rope and you're then escape and of course it's rigged where there's a small piece of thread that nobody can really see while you're up on stage and of course it breaks and you set it up so that then you escape from the ropes and they tied me up really good uh, two other young sixth grade boys and I couldn't escape from the rope and it was my <laughs> finale so I'm on stage trying to escape and I can't escape and so finally I was like well this is not going to work so I say well, I'm all tied up because I have no out. And I say, well, thank you, everybody. I guess that didn't work. Have a great rest of your day. And, of course, you know, I now realize, like, the audience just busted up laughing and thought it was just the funniest thing they'd ever seen. Um, of course, now I, as an adult, I say, like, oh, that must have been really cute because I was, like, all of 11 years old and couldn't escape from being tied up. <laughs> and... Uh, so uh, it was a great lesson that you never perform a trick publicly unless you know if you won't succeed, at least that you have some sort of an out. <laughs> so, but I was fearless. I didn't care. I was willing to try it and whatnot. So, yeah. There's a question that I think is actually almost even unfair to ask you because you're one of those people who surprise me every time I talk to you. Mm-hmm. But other than... All of the things we've already talked about. Yes. What would people be surprised to learn about you? Um, I used to race pigeons and was really into raising birds and pigeons in particular. I used to have a, a breeding stock of 10 pigeons and then I had 40 racing birds. And on weekends, I would race the pigeons. I was part of a, a club where you race pigeons. Jobs Are there still that we've done. pigeon racers in the yes. area? Yes. So pigeon racing is massive in Europe. You go to Europe and everybody has their own pigeon lofts. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in eastern Oregon. And um, so we were part of what was called Blue Mountain Racers. And we would race, it's no exaggeration, like hundreds and hundreds of birds in our club alone. So And then you compete against other clubs in the region. And there's lots of clubs in the region. So yeah, well, there's no shortage of it. So, But I guess you sort of have to be tapped in to the pigeon world to know about it. Yeah, we have like our own little like magazine and, you know, clubs and everything else. And, Probably happening yeah. all over and the yeah. people who aren't absolutely. doing it aren't aware of Absol- it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you race pigeons, the shortest race you ever do is 100 miles. Our longest race would be to lo- uh, from Las Vegas back to here in Oregon to eastern Oregon. So you band up all your birds and with the region's birds and someone would drive them all down to like Las Vegas. And then you release them all at the same time. And then whoever's pigeons get back first wins. Wow. (laughs) Maybe just to wrap it up with, is there anything Mm -hmm. that you wish that our network knew about you or anything that you think is particularly important that we could sort of focus on if we want to be our best? I think at the end of the day, for anybody doing this work, and you all have your own regional outreach coordinator, is that your regional outreach coordinators are really committed to making 
the system work so that people can get coverage as quickly as possible. You help us be better at what we do by letting us know what it's like in the field and how we can support you and that we'll do our best to make sure that we try um, to support you in the work that you're doing and you should ask for what you want and need full stop. Mm -hmm. That's what I would have to say. Yeah. So. Just pretty much don't be afraid to involve mm -hmm. That's right. us. That's Ab what we're here Absolutely. for. Absolutely. And we will work our magic on this side to make it work really well for you. <laughs> you really tied it all together. <laughs> yeah. This is a tiny glimpse mm -hmm. into the life of John McDade, magician, pigeon racer, therapist extraordinaire, <laughs> all of the above. Thank you so much for joining me and for being willing to be a part of this project. And we'll see where this goes. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks. This was fun. I am so excited to be here with Teresa Aguilera, one of our wonderful community partners. We're in the Grand today. Uh, the weather's a little rainy, but mm -hmm. Teresa makes it feel like sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and I've definitely told you that before. You brighten my days whenever I get an email from you. So thanks so much for taking time to talk with us today. And oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I can't wait for others uh, to, to get to listen to you and to get to know you better. Oh. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So you're with Neon Northeast Oregon Network. Yes. And what brought you to this type of work? I have always worked with people. I had worked with students as a teacher's aide. Mm -hmm. I've also worked with migrant workers as a migrant recruiter with the migrant education program. And I think it was that work, seeing those hardworking people actually live in a tent, it just like broke my heart. And so I decided to focus on social work. And what I love about NEON or working with Northeast Oregon Network is I'm able to do outreach to those you know, underserved populations. And so what brought me to NEON specifically was um, I'm actually, a, I'm a student at this time with EOU and my major is anthropology, sociology with an emphasis on social welfare. And so I thought that this was a perfect perfect match with what I was also going to school for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've always gotten the impression, uh, granted I haven't known you for a super long time, mm -hmm. but that you're great with people. Uh, is that something that comes naturally to you? Is that something that it's always been that way? You just seem to have this amazing personality and, <laughs> and just get people. <laughs> I do. I, I love reaching out to people, especially to those populations that maybe are intimidated because of a second language. You know, English is their second language. Maybe English isn't their language at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love doing the outreach to them because I just sometimes get the feeling with some populations that I come in contact with that reaching out to us is just not first nature to them. Mm -hmm. It's something foreign. And so just giving that little extra hand out mm -hmm. is just what they need. Giving them information in their language, um, speaking to them in their language, or maybe just um, taking some extra time to meet with them. 
So with the Islander population that we have here in Legrand, um, our population here are, come from different islands. I don't, I can't even think of how many different languages this population speaks. So just taking some extra time and going over benefits that are available to them, maybe showing them some brochures, taking extra time regarding the um, CCO available to them, mm-hmm. um, it, it's very appreciated to them and it's something that I enjoy doing. Well, that's wonderful, and certainly the community is lucky to have you uh, engaging them and, and helping them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I enjoy doing it. It's what I went to school for, and I think I chose um, sociology as my major because that's just something that I always had a passion for. Um, when I was working as a um, teacher's assistant, it was one of my duties was to be a bridge to those parents who didn't speak English. And I, that's, what I re, that's what I remember most um, as far as first starting off with the school. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just give them a little extra time and, and kind of just let them know that it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, giving somebody permission to ask questions mm-hmm. can go yeah. a long way. Right. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that I always do. I always ask, do you have questions? You know, and I ask throughout mm-hmm. my time with whoever I'm meeting with. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Teresa. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so that's work, and I know you're passionate about it, and it's, it always helps when you enjoy the, the work that you do. Yes. Uh, but what about time off? What, what do you typically enjoy doing? Uh, what does a day off look like for so, you? So <laughs> it depends on the weather. Here in, you know, eastern Oregon, the weather can change every 15 minutes. Yes. <laughs> so if it's sunny and dry, I enjoy time outdoors and working on the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, planting new flowers, just doing outdoor chores. I really like spending time in the outdoors, even going for walks. I'm not one for going hiking, but I do enjoy leisurely walks. Mm -hmm. And going through um, Eastern Oregon University, it has a beautiful campus. I love walking through there. And I actually enjoy walking through there during the fall and seeing all the trees turn colors, all those vibrant reds and oranges and yellows. Oh, it's just beautiful. <laughs> now, during the winter on my day off, um, it's usually cooking, trying out new recipes. Oh. If it's during the holidays, trying out new cookie recipes, Yum. dessert <laughs> recipes. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I usually do take a day off around the Christmas time uh, to make tamales with my family. Yeah. All the girls in my family, from the granddaughters to the daughter-in-laws, daughters, we all get together to make tamales. How fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward. This is. I just need one more class to graduate, Yay. so I'm looking forward to that. All yes. Right. <laughs> it's been a long, you know, it's been a long journey, but time passes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for those who think, oh, no, I'm too old to go back to school. No, time is going to pass anyway. Yeah, enjoy That's incredible. it. Incredible. So yeah, you would recommend. Oh it. yes, <laughs> yeah. definitely take that class. Don't don't you know put off till another term. Just take start off with one, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. I was working full time, and then I, I just really went back to school about ten years ago. Okay. So I was working full time. Um, and taking just two classes a term just to see how it went Mm -hmm. Um, because you know going back to college after 30 years it was 
going to be different for me. So I'm glad I did it that way and I was able to see what kind of quality work a college was requesting of their students. Mm -hmm. And once I was able to see that, I knew I could do it. I added on to it. So there were a few terms there that I was full-time working and full-time student. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. That that is phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) True inspiration there. Uh, So is there anything that would surprise people learning about you or just something that people wouldn't expect to hear probably no hidden talents but I would say maybe one thing that would surprise people is that I did go back to college so late in life I was in my late 40s when I started and you know here I am 10 years later and I'm on the verge of graduating so I think it would surprise people to know that I went back to school late Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. they kind of just see you and they kind of think oh okay college education yeah, college yeah education. she's had that for a long time no it's it's new to me mm-hmm. yeah well congratulations on that when, when is your graduation set for? I am I'm set to graduate at the end of spring term how exciting yes yes and the most important thing of all that is the party somebody I should mean, be making cookies for you <laughs> <laughs> cookies I want something catered (laughs) yeah DJ maybe no life band outside too oh yes yes that's that's wonderful if I were to ask you what are you most proud of I don't know if it would be similar to what you mentioned or maybe there's a whole nother thing that um, in your life uh, that you've accomplished or just something that you are proud of? What so, you know, be? I was just thinking about that the other day because, you know, at, from the time we went to school or I went to school till the time now that, you know, teenagers and everything that they have to deal with, I'm so proud of my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I've got grandchildren that are not only doing well in school, but they're taking on all these extracurricular activities. Uh, you know, they're in athletics, tracks, soccer. So I am really proud of them, especially because when you think about all the peer pressure that goes on now and and everything else that comes along with being a teenager in, in this time, I'm really proud of them. That's awesome. And you mentioned you've done a little bit of, you know, radio interviews to promote mm-hmm. Uh, outreach and enrollment and things like that so what if you had to interview a person or a thing like is there something (laughs) that you would want to interview anything at all (laughs) so if I were to interview anything I would like to interview and you can you can fill out the rest of this A fly on the wall of, I mean, we have so many things. Yes, I would like to interview that fly that was on the wall. Of right. But, yeah, how many times yes, would that be Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. A fly on the wall, uh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again. I know you are a busy woman. I don't know. I am happy to be here. I am excited to be here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We're really excited. And hopefully we can keep talking to other CPs so that their counterparts across the state can also get to know. It's an awesome way to get to know somebody. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing podcasts regarding other folks that we've probably worked with, haven't seen them, don't really know anything about them. This will be great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, Maria here.
I wanted to take a few minutes to talk to you about taking time for you. In our type of work, when we're constantly giving back to others, serving our communities, it's so easy to forget taking time for you, making time for you. Sometimes you can even feel guilty about it. It's easy to think that you always have to be giving back, but it's okay to take time for you. And I think what helps with that is finding something that you enjoy doing, finding something that really makes your heart happy. And if you think about it, you know, what's that thing that you could read a hundred books about and not get bored? You know, what's that thing that you could do for five years without getting a dime for it, but you would enjoy it. Uh, Recently, late last year, I discovered the incredible fun (laughs) that flying a drone can be. I thought about it for a long time. I wanted one and then they went on sale around the holidays. And so I finally bought one and it's been incredible. It definitely has given me this whole new perspective on life. And it's the thing that I really look forward to being able to do uh, when I'm not working. Uh, And that's that time that I can take that's just for me. And you can find that as well if you don't already have it. Um, You know, think about the things that you enjoy doing. So for me, I really love traveling and photography and I love flying. Um, That bird's eye view, there's just something about it. And so (laughs) I guess it makes sense that uh, flying a drone uh, would combine all of those things and be really fun for me. And just like that, there's something out there for you. And so take some time to do that, to enjoy it. And it really does help recreate you. I mean, if you think of the word recreation, sometimes we we use it and not really think about it. But it's that activity or that thing that is supposed to recreate us. And everybody needs that. If you think about having balance in your life, yes, the work that we do is important and we're so grateful that you're doing it, that we get to do it, but it's also important to step away sometimes and spend those moments doing something that is maybe just for you, uh, something that you love, something that you feel passionate about. So give that some thought. And I just want to make sure that you know that you believe that you are worth spending time on. You are worth doing something that makes you happy and that it's okay not to spend every single minute giving back to others. And if you're still struggling with giving yourself permission to take time that's just for you, think about it this way. It's going to help you be a better person, to do more because you'll have less stress, you'll be healthier, you'll have more energy. There are so many benefits that come from taking care of yourself. So I just want to encourage you to do that and to give it some thought. And I'm really excited for the things that you'll discover and that you'll do. You're worth it. Have an idea for the podcast? Want to share your story? 
reach out to us at community.outreach at state.or.us.